A vague disclaimer is no one's friend. This podcast will look at episodes in relation to Buffy and Angel as a whole, and therefore contains spoilers for the entirety of both series. If you haven't seen all of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the series, go and watch them before you listen to this. Remember, you've been warned. The hardest thing in this world is to live in it. That's why there's us, champions. We live as though the world were as it should be, to show it what it can be. The Earth is definitely doomed. It's Tuesday, so it must be time to return to the Hellmouth. We're going through the Buffyverse episode by episode and a look back at Joss Whedon's iconic show. I'm MC, and I'm here with... It's Andy. It's David. It's Jan. Uh, we are on episode 8 of season 2 with The Dark Age. It originally aired November 10th, 1997. It was written by Dean Batali and Rob Deshotel and directed by our old friend Bruce Seth Green. Hey, Bruce. Yeah. Yay. And uh, this is our first Giles episode. <laughs> Come on, David, give us a wee. wee. <laughs> <laughs> I squeed. Is that like. It's Giles. He deserves oh. lots of squeeze. Yeah. And uh, with this opening scene of Buffy jazzercising and the music blocking out the sound of murder happening. Yes, aerobicizing <laughs> takes another life. It's <laughs> Damn you, Jane Fonda! <laughs> there are two things that occur to me during this. One, why does Buffy have to do this in school? Giles doesn't actually need to train Buffy to jazzercise. No. <laughs> and two, like, could you imagine, like, I mean, like, all of the stuff that they do in the library, like, like with the, you know, crossbows and, you know, fighting with yeah. quarterstaffs. Can you imagine somebody, like, the janitor walking in and watching Giles watching Buffy jazzercising in a leotard? <laughs> True that, and I'm kind of I'm curious, like with with the amount of training they do, does she really need to aerobicize? No, she doesn't. No, that's <laughs> no. I mean, I, I wrote down, you know, the moment you know you're middle aged is instead of identifying with Buffy, like I would have, like you know, just let me have my music <laughs> on. I'm just like, no, you're totally right, Giles. This is shit. Like, can you turn it down? I can't even think. Like, and it's that moment you're like, oh my god, I'm Giles instead of Buffy now. <laughs> and uh, just an interesting uh, tidbit on the music Buffy is playing while she's uh, aerobicizing. Uh, it actually contains a rift from Jesus Christ Superstar in mm-hmm. it. Yep. Which <laughs> uh, Tony Head's brother originated a role in it. So, And then like... Tony took over the role when Murray was done with it. Yes. I actually didn't know that bit. Yeah, he took over. Yeah, he took over the role. I think it was, is it uh, Judas, right? It's yeah. Judas, yeah. Yeah, it's Judas. Mm-hmm. But now that you've mentioned Murray Head, I've, I've now got an earworm of One Night in Bangkok in my head. Thank you. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I'm just reporting the facts. No, no, I know. I know. <laughs> it's just that I hear Murray Head and it, that's, it clicks in my brain. So Yeah, no, me too. And I'm, 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 re- I'm just totally the urge to sing is so out of hand that we need to move on. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, anywhere but here. Um, I was gonna say Giles in pajamas, or we could be Giles in pajamas. And then I wrote, "This is going to get totally out of hand." 
<laughs> Go ahead, Andy. Pajama we'll, Giles. We'll, we'll stand back. I, really, there was no note about the scene. Giles <laughs> it's just Giles in uh, Well, how about we have the note where this is the first time we've seen Giles' house? Yes, yes, I do. And I love Giles' house. Oh, like, I always love Giles' apartment. And I, like, I covet that apartment. I'm like, if I could get an apartment that looks even moderately like that, I'd be, like, the happiest woman in the world. Because it's yeah. gorgeous. It's really nice for a guy who, like, works in the public school library. I was going to say, the watchers can't pay that badly. Well, Giles is moneyed. I'm pretty sure. I mean, he's, he's in the... His grandmother was a watcher, and his... You know, all these people were watchers. I, I pretty... Mm-hmm. I've always just headcanoned that Joss... Joss... Joss comes from money, too. But Giles <laughs> comes from a significant amount of money through investments and all that stuff that he doesn't mm, probably, have Probably, yeah. Yeah. And, of course, it's possible that the Watcher's Council doesn't necessarily pay a lot, but they may provide lodging. Mm. Or, I mean, they pay... I mean, yeah, it's a beautiful apartment, but it's not in L.A., so... True. You know, right. We don't oh, know what true. Sunnydale rents are like, so... Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they actually... I believe they say that real estate's fairly... Um, uh, cheap in Sunnydale because people keep dying. Yeah, no, I, yeah, there is a line, and I can't remember which episode, but like, yeah, the the real estate market in Sunnydale is like, you can get a really nice house for really cheap because you might die. I believe or somebody it's died flooded. In- I think when it is Buffy flooded. when Buffy goes into the bank and uh, she can't get another mortgage on her house. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Boy, yeah, I was yeah, able to pull that out of nowhere. <laughs> Nobody remembers anything from flooded. Uh, I attribute it to one, the real estate market, to, you know, a librarian, teachers and librarian salaries for a single person with no children, you you, you do okay. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't mm. he also like the curator of British Museum? Mm-hmm. I, I believe they they mentioned that in Welcome to the Hellmouth. Yeah. Okay, so he may have money stocked away from that or what have you. And we know the Watchers Council pays, and I also, yeah, I just assume that Giles is is from money. Mm-hmm. And I'm, has, I'm you know, a this. confluence of factors. Well, yes. he spends an entire year not working for the council and not actually doing any work and being fine. Mm-hmm. So I figure Giles has a great investment portfolio, which is why I want to marry him. Is that the year where he buys the midlife crisis car? Or is that the next year? That's season five. Okay. Yeah, because Don is riding in that car. Oh, yeah. Right, episode, right. So it's got to be. Uh, but yeah, so I figure Giles is even more, el- you know, eligible for me because he does come from money and obviously has good investments and looks great in pajamas. <laughs> and, and, and is probably thrifty. And is probably thr- and makes an amazing cup of tea and always has good whiskey. <laughs> well, we don't. I don't know how good the whiskey is because I could not read the label. Eh, it's Giles. I'm sure it's decent whiskey. <sighs> So anyway, uh, he doesn't make he doesn't make tea and tea bags. He's got the whole setup. I just oh, because he's English, they don't do because he's English. Unless you're Patrick Stewart, in which case then it's two tea bags and an existing thing because he's really butch and needs strong tea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, shall we play a round of anywhere but here? Oh sure. (laughs) Oh us? Yeah. I'm gonna play anywhere but here. Jeez. Um, Okay. On a beach in Hawaii, and I'm strolling down the beach alone and kind of lonely. And all of a sudden, I see a man, like, 
he's tripped in the surf and I have to go rescue him. And I look up and he looks up at me and it's David Tennant. And we have a really nice smoothie by the pool. <laughs> there is my anywhere but here. I just made that up. You don't all have to play, but I figured it would be good to have one. <laughs> okay, uh, David, why don't you go? Any yip at the water slide park. <laughs> I, I, I see no reason to go with without with anything I didn't but the know, classic. I didn't know that Amy Yip was a real person. I thought it was just like some rando chick that oh, no, no was in love with, but she's actually no. a person. She's yeah. actually a person, and I, actually, I'm, I, I looked it up. I'm kind of surprised I never saw any of her films, because towards the end of her career, I actually was spending a lot of time in Chinatown going to see Hong Kong cinema. <laughs> cool. But I just, I never, I never managed to see one of hers. So, oh well. Yeah, I didn't know she was a real person until like yesterday when I was <laughs> doing a little pop culture research. And I'm like, I thought it was just some hot chick named Amy Yip at his school, because we had like a Jenny Yip at my school. So, you know, mm -hmm. anyway, but. Yeah, are the rest of us playing or not? <laughs> okay, yeah, go Jan, for it. You wanna? Go for it. Jan. Okay, Jan, me, I, I would be strolling down the streets in London, and I would just like randomly bump into somebody, and it would be Danny Harrison, and he would take me home to Friar Park, and we'd sit and like eat his mother's spice cake in his kitchen, and drink tea, and he'd let me fondle his father's guitars. I had no idea you were going to go with Danny Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been Matt Smith. It could have been, but I, 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 in my head, I was like, we're, we're getting Danny Harrison. Oh man, mine should have been Tony Ed. God. Yeah. Uh, MC. Um, okay. Let me think about this one for a second. Um, I'm not very good at this. Um, okay. Uh, I'm looking at paintings at the National Gallery and I. Oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and I look over and next to me is Louise Brealey. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, plot twist. Nice. <laughs> nice. Is she still with that boyfriend of hers? Because I would take them as a team up. Uh, I believe so, yes. Yeah. Um, Ferdinand Kingsley can also get it. Yes. Yeah. So I would, I would be down for that. Good yes. choice. Yes. Good choice, Louise Brealey. For those of you that are not in the know, that's Molly from BBC Sherlock. Yes, and she's, and she's adorable. adorable so. And Gavin Rosdale can still massage my feet. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. So I, I love Gavin Rosdale. I have to say, with Gavin Rosdale and John Cusack, like, holy shit, this takes place in the 90s. Yep. Oh, I wouldn't let oh, yeah. John Cusack near See, 90, anymore, 90s, but... 90s Gavin would be fine, but current Gavin is so skeezy, no. Sorry, oh, yeah. sorry, so... Gavin. You're off my yeah. menu. And John Cusack, too, has gotten all weird and skeezy and stupid yeah. on Twitter. So, like, no. But, yeah, 90s yeah. John Cusack, I'm all over that. Oh, definitely. I, I, I could see going with Joan Cusack. Yeah, she's yeah. not my type. Yes. But. Yeah. Um, uh, Buffy and Willow apparently play anywhere but here again in the season eight comics. Cool. They um, do. They do. Yes. And it's uh, brilliant. Buffy's fantasy is to be approached by Daniel Craig while she's lying on a beach. And um, that's good. In the comic book, he rises out of the water in that same outfit he's wearing in, was it Casino Royale? Yeah. 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 And Willow's fantasy is her being trapped in a cabin during a snowstorm with Tina Fey. Love I it. I love Tina, but I don't know. Not not as, like, girl crush. I mean, I just wouldn't want to sit and, like, shop with her or shoot the bat. But. 
So I, I could see Willow being super into Tina Fey. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, she's very brainy, so yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Tina Fey's really pretty. Yeah. Yes. No, she is. Yeah. She's beautiful. Just like, you know, not a girl crush type for me. Yeah. So, yeah, that was really fun. I just thought it would be a fun thing to do was to play a round of... <laughs> oh, that was fun. Uh, people will, you know, be very confused by our choices. Um, but let's let us think now. Because uh, they quickly dismissed Giles playing anywhere but here when he was in when he was in school. What do we think Giles is anywhere but here when he was you know the Ripper would actually have been? Oh, that's Susie so Quattro and a club somewhere. Because if you think of it like with Ripper, he would go for like wild women. He would not, you know, it would be like somebody like you'd never think of somebody like not somebody stayed or. What have yeah. you? So I'm thinking like Susie Quattro or maybe Stevie Nicks. I'm just throwing this out there. It, I don't think it has to be a woman. That's true. I don't. Yeah, you're right. It could be yeah. the lead singer of the Bay City Rollers. Oh God, no! <laughs> that that, okay. was, that okay. seems really weird. No, that, I, have to I know. I find this. that's weird too. Yeah, I do not buy that Giles was a Bay City Rollers fan. No, he owns Cream Records. I, maybe know, it was no, Eric Clapton. But not only that, yeah. like okay, according to like. Certain sources, he was born in 54, which means the Bay City Rollers basically hit it big when he was 20. And, and that's were, like yeah, they were totally around like the time he was heading into being Ripper. And I'm like, no, <laughs> he's not. No, he's not a Bay City Rollers fan. Do you and think he's just messing with Buffy? Yeah, I think he's just yes, so. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so maybe it's like Eric Clapton that he would anywhere but here with. Or maybe work. he likes for David Bowie. Oh, it's got it's got to be Bowie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's got to be Bowie. It's got to be Bowie. Or maybe he has a great taste like you, Jan, and it's actually Danny's dad, George. Yeah. Oh, well, George wouldn't want to hang with somebody like Ripper. He would scare him. <laughs> yeah. But probably like Bowie or maybe even Mark. Um, yeah. Mark Bolin. Mark Bolin. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Bolin. Mark Bolin. Oh, yes, that would Iggy. be a good choice. Yeah, Iggy. it would be a glam boy. Yeah. For what it's worth, the the picture, uh, I believe I read that the picture they find of Giles in his youth, uh, with his base, is actually a picture of Sid Vicious. That it is indeed. It is Tony okay. heads head onto. <laughs> Which is so funny because you would, would. I mean, actually, I've looked at pictures of young Tony Head, and he was way more clean cut. So okay, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah but... and actually, he he was really he was a cute guy, but he. He's one of those guys that just got prettier with age, you know. Oh yeah, really, definitely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but even what um, what was the show that he was on? Was it VR Five? VR Five. Yeah, yeah. VR Five. Uh, even in the time between VR Five and Buffy, he got like so much hotter. I liked yeah. VR Five though. Well, I mean, I like I like VR Five though, but yeah. um, just he, just the the couple of years maturity on him just really helped, you know made him even hotter in my opinion. You, you yeah. just yeah, have a thing I mean, for Tweed. Well, <laughs> I have a thing for Tweed now because of Giles. Yeah. It's like imprinted like a baby duck. But I mean, like, he also <laughs> looks super hot in the episode Band Candy when he's... Oh, oh please. Please. Sure. I, the... I candy Band Candy. Uh... Yeah, no. Um, so. I love it. I was looking at pictures of him from VR5 and he's really, really gorgeous, but not... There's uh, there was a, a, which is you know we're gonna talk about it. it's it's a shame that when men get to be forty a lot of times they 
are seen as even more attractive where the rest of us are getting, you know, blown to pasture, you know? So. Well, I mean, there's, there's some women where it's just like you are like, Helen um, Mirren. I found Helen Mirren as an older woman to be much more attractive than yeah. when she was younger. Yeah, yes. I mean, she yeah. was she was gorgeous when she was young, but she, like age yeah. and maturity have just like mm-hmm. done amazing things to her. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So yes, it's true. But a lot of time, especially for actors, yeah. Like, oh yeah, you're you're done. So, I mean, Sarah's around. Sarah Michelle Gellar's around the same age as Tony was when he started this show. Yeah, and and yeah, she did take some time off to raise her family, but she's not getting the kind of work. That, yeah. Right. You know, uh, men of her same age are getting. So. Oh, yeah. That's like that's a whole nother rant about how. That's a whole nother ramble, but yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. That's maybe. actually a whole Amy Schumer sketch. But. That is a whole Amy Schumer <laughs> sketch. Uh, but yeah, Giles. Yeah, Bowie, Mark Bolin for sure. That's yeah. yeah maybe Iggy if he was feeling really down and dirty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe Lou Reed, but definitely like a glam boy. Yeah. Um, so backstage at a club doing coke and. And stuff happens. Yeah. <laughs> or it could be all of them because he likes orgies. Yeah. Can, can somebody write this fanfic for me now? <laughs> Thank you. Um, I want it, Daddy, and I want it now. <laughs> That's what he said. Okay, so how many of you guys still say it could be Matthew? I don't say it, but I, I have to admit, uh, I honestly don't see Giles as a math guy. No, he's not. Me neither. He's I just think like... it's, I love it. It's just a good turn of phrase. It oh, is a good yeah. turn of it's phrase, but math. I just, I find it odd that they, that Buffy would pick that subject know, for yeah, right? Giles. Yeah, he's it's much like... more lit in art history and, and archaeology and history. Mm, yeah. And... yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, he's, so... he's much more the, the arts rather yeah. than the sciences. And so yeah. here's my other question, right? So they they're like, can you imagine Giles and Mrs. Calendar? And they're like, ooh, ooh, no. And I'm like, really, guys? I know you're 16, but... Yeah. I can, I get being grossed out by the thought of Giles, maybe, because of, of the parental figure role. But I'm really surprised that Xander has never made disgusting, hot-for-teacher jokes about Jenny. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing he said is that she's fairly dulcome for someone in your age bracket. Right, and like even if we age up Jenny from where Rabia was, yeah, she's she's still ten years younger than Giles. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like I I think it's possible that maybe just in the writing they're trying to make her age her up. Yeah, Mm -hmm. too, but yeah. So maybe that's why they're not having Xander be inappropriate at her. Yeah, which Um, I mean they really have to make to age her up because the actress is freaking younger than charisma. Yeah, mm. I did yeah. not know that, but wow. Yeah, just by, not a by month. much, just a couple of months. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's an incredibly beautiful woman. And oh yeah. I, you know what? At sixteen, I would not have been grossed out by the thought of two hot people having sex, even two <laughs> hot people either. over no. thirty. Willow might be acting like she's grossed out by it, right? But she, had she has a crush on Giles, and I think she, she probably has a crush on Jenny that she does not know how to accept. So I'm betting she likes it more than she's like. Good not. point. Yeah, and honestly, when I was 16, and like all the rock stars that I liked were in like 20 years my senior, and I had no problem thinking about them doing the dirty with whomever. And you know? and I get, and especially yeah. with the theme of this episode is learning to accept or learning about how your parental figure is a person. Right. And they've got, so I get, rather than pedestal, you know, yeah. I mean, and that's really the main, you know, thing is, is seeing 
the growth you get when you know your authority figure parent is a is a person as well as mm-hmm. just you know this we can talk about role theory if you want but like the roles that we fit in um and i you know obviously buffy and the gang besides willow would maybe get squicked out by giles but like jenny come on no she's anyway. a hottie <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I suspect it was just, you know, oh, here's a here's a TV stereotype of, of teenagers yeah. that yeah. use for a joke. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, just yeah, I think we like, may be reading we, we may be reading too much into this one. But isn't that what we <laughs> That's do? the theme of our show is <laughs> reading too much into we are reading things. too much into this. We read too much into it and we like. I think come up with some really great solutions on how to fix some of these problems. Oh yeah, with plotting. Yeah. So you know, I you know, um, I also love that Jenny. Like we were just talking about how Giles would like a very take charge woman or man, right? Someone a little and and Jenny is that person, oh, right? Yeah, if definitely. he's into like Susie Quattro or he's into you know, he likes a woman that speaks her mind and has her own opinions and. I love mm-hmm. that Jenny knows what she wants. And she's like, mm-hmm. I, why don't I make you squirm? And, and you know, and it's a sort of a finessed way of saying, would you like to have sex with me? Well, yeah, but it, it was really sexy to me. I mean, just it was very sexy. Just the way and, she says it and the line and, and like his expression are just like, okay, I need a cold shower now. <laughs> yes. It's like you guys are in a school. Yeah. Like sometimes innuendo is hotter than just like blunt. True. Right, oh, yeah. they are at school, but it's, she seems like a person that takes charge of her wants, mm-hmm. you know, and and is not afraid to talk about what she wants. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. In and out of the bedroom. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. and it just, I, yeah. I will say, though, as much as I adore Jenny, I'm shocked that she survives the first few minutes of this episode. Oh, by talking about messing up his book? Yes. Right, the, like, I know. At the mention of dog earring, I'm surprised Giles did not just snap and strangle her. <laughs> it, it, as, as, as an obsessive book person myself, I am like, and I can't imagine what Giles, I mean, Giles, I mean, I guess he's British. Maybe he wouldn't react quite as severely as I might as an uncouth American, but... Oh boy, yeah, and, and and she carries it on for a while, yeah, and it's just ugh. Yeah, the, the joke runs a little too long, you know. Yeah, yeah it's just a tiny bit too long. Right, and I've never, yeah. I never noticed what novel it is, but I looked it up, and it's something by Ian Forrester. Yeah, so it's like first edition by Forrester. Actually, um, for what it's worth, I, I have no actual knowledge, but uh, in Dusted, they suspect it is a C.S. Forrester novel. Huh. So, um, don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Yes, no. No, because they do not give us enough information. Yeah. Which is another flaw in this episode. They do not tell us Okay, so C.S. Forrester is Hornblower and... Right, and Ian Forrester is is Maurice and and Brideshead and all that stuff. Yeah, Age of Innocence. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one's kind of romantically and the other one's kind of... Adventure, adventure. I don't know. Yeah. I would go with the more romantic thing. But. I, 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 yeah. I mean, given the dialogue, I would suspect that's true too. So I don't know where it, it's by a person named Forrester. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Well, well, the other one is actually Forrester. It's F O R S T E R. So as compared to Forrester, which is the the 
hornblower guy, so. But who knows? Either way, it's a very old book and a first edition of an yes. old book. Yes. Whatever. Giles gave it to her because it was a, a, a secret way of saying, I would like to bone you. Yes. True that. <laughs> True that. That's why it's Forster very, makes more sense. It's oh, very, is that how you do it? Yeah, it's this very English gentleman, which is so funny because as we see in this episode, Giles has repressed so much. He's never integrated those two parts. No. no. And I think as this series goes on, he is sort of able to look at itself himself and integrate Rupert and Ripper. Well, and I mean, like, point, yeah, later on we're introduced. It's Olivia, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, his love. Mm-hmm. And she was somebody he dated when he was Ripper. Uh, really? I thought, oh, well, she I, see, calls I, always him... got, I always got the feeling that he told some Ripper stories and some fun stories her, but she didn't actually did because she looks significantly younger than him too so oh yeah well yeah that doesn't mean anything that just means they wanted to cast uh well actually tony was the one that recommended her they were Uh, already friends so um okay the woman that plays olivia we'll get there when we get there but it was like actually just a recommendation from tony about who to cast so um so yeah um but I mean, like, even, even having somebody um, come in later, because I mean, like, they do have her be an old friend, mm-hmm. and she does call him Ripper. Um, That's right, she does call him Ripper. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we do kind of have a more Giles kind of coming to terms with, you know, being Ripper while he's yeah. still yeah. Giles. And I think, I think the end of um, uh, season five, I think. Oh yeah, where he at the end where he does what has to be done. Yes, um, and I think he yeah by that point he is he is he his main persona if you will is the Giles we know mm-hmm. but he is he is willing to accept that responsibility of the harsher part of his nature. I mean we get. We get a little bit even earlier than that in uh, the beginning of season three when he's talking to Snyder um, and Snyder doesn't mm. want Buffy to come back into school and Giles is like, would you like me to convince you? Yeah. <laughs> and one of the hottest scenes ever. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, because of Armin Shimmerman, of course. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yes. Yes. Sexy is not alive. Oi, I love Armin. Shut up. Oh, I'd love Armin, too, but... Uh, but standing next to Tony Head, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, yeah. Tony Head being threatening. Come on. Well, he goes up to Tony Head's elbow, so, you know. I know. Which probably so and, and we say this, like, once an episode, or at least every other episode. I love Armin Sherman. Like, it's like a theme, a running theme for this podcast. Oh, he's yeah. he's terrific. He is because, really right. fantastic. But, like, taking a sidetrack I mean, and talking about Armin is always something we do. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it because he deserves it. Hey, Armin yes. Sherman, do you want to guest star on our podcast? That would be amazing. Call me. <laughs> yeah. uh, we will give you lots of love and lots of kudos. Uh, I do have a question uh, about uh, the police coming to see Giles. There's been a homicide on campus. Is the fact that absolutely nobody is even like aware that it's happened part of the whole Sunnydale syndrome? I think so. It yeah, must be. Because, I, yeah. yeah. And nobody's heard about it except for Cordelia, as we'll find out later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. There's no, like, police line, do not cross tape. It's just like, oh, this thing happened. It's like, it's you a would complete expect... ordinary day at school, but it's I like, know. right. And Snyder well... doesn't know anything about it. Or Snyder doesn't know anything about it. Jenny doesn't know. You would think, like, the, the 
faculty might have discussed it. You know, people dying at Sunnydale High is an ordinary day at school. <laughs> yeah, true. But I mean, this is why I'm saying that it is part of the Sunnydale syndrome. And mm-hmm. I'm yeah. actually, I would, I might go and make a list to find out all of the times we've had people die on campus. That sounds like a BuzzFeed list. The number of times people died at Sunnydale High. <laughs> See which one you are. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, you tell us your favorite song, and we'll tell you mm. which dead Buffy character you are. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> Dusted Dusted keeps a running count of students and faculty who die at Sunnydale High, but not deaths on campus. Oh, I can find out. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, I think the Buffy Wikia has a body count list for every episode. Yeah, whether that just be random vampire or. You know, a, yeah, a they do. Or a, yeah, they do. Have I've a got body the page list. open right here, so yeah, yeah, they they've do. got a body count list. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I, I can find out exactly where everybody does. Now, I would also like to talk about Cordelia's fantastic lines. I know oh, she's awesome. About, as usual. I know we talk about that in every episode, but but it's it was a one way street. I was going one way. And <laughs> yes, that was wonderful. <laughs> and why does everyone yell my name like that? <laughs> <laughs> Cordy does get some good lines in there. Cordy is great in this episode, and she's really integrated into the group. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's and a she, great episode for Cordy. And it was because she actually integrates herself. Yeah, which I thought was great because instead of people saying, "Do you want to help?" She's like, "Wait, why aren't you like? What am I, I doing? Care. I can I do things. Yeah. yeah, I care about Giles. <laughs> yeah, and she stops Ethan. Right." Yeah, she's the one that stops Ethan. Now, if if she hadn't been there for the, you know, tutorial, she wouldn't have just... They're still not in the place where they're calling her and going, Cordelia, we're doing a thing. But I don't think they ever get to that place. They never really get there. I mean, Xander, I'm sure when they're dating, calls her up and says, hey, we're doing a Scooby meeting. Pick me up and we'll go over there together. But, I, Mm. you know, besides the... When we've talked about this, the relationship with Xander... She's, you know, which is why I think it was a great match for her to go over to Angel because she was obviously wanting more connection with people, like, mm. and not just her vapid friends. And, but the Scooby gang never really fully let her. They never really accepted her the, no. the same way that the Fang gang do. Right. But right. It's, yeah. To me, it's like sure. such a big step for her, you know, the, the Cordy that we know. It really we is. Love. Yeah. Yeah. Which is wonderful because I, I just think she's such a great character. I love Cordy because she is able to do this growth and, and start volunteering without losing her essential Cordiness yeah. until she gets over to Angel. But there's a whole different thing we'll get to. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. Let's not talk about that yet. Right. But like yeah. within the, the, the Buffy, the Sunnydale world, she she's like, I care about Giles. I'm like, well, go do this. And she's like, well, and she's like, fine. Um, so I And of yeah. course, we've got the whole antagonism between xander and cordy here oh yeah it's like oh can can we not tell by now they are setting them up for 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 romance we're only like one or two episodes away aren't we yeah we're pretty close i think yeah Yeah. he he shields her body yeah Yeah. when the thing with the the philip happens like Mm -hmm. he actually that's the first person he's yes is yeah, Gordon. he rushes over to her, and, and it's kind of funny because it's like poor Willow is like the cheese stands alone there because you know uh, we don't have our odds yet. Yeah, because the cheese is going to be standing her. alone much longer. So. I know, but it, it made me sad because it's like you know Xander rushes to, to shield Cordelia, and 
whatever with Buffy. It's just like, but and poor Willow was like, I'm like, but, but what about Willow? So anyway, mm-hmm. but yes, Cordy's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think moving on to the next scene is Buffy being stood up by Giles. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I think it's really interesting that she's really in tune with Giles. Yeah, you know, because. Because she's, like, really suspicious. And they only talk for less than two minutes. Mm-hmm. And then she just kind of knows. I mean, what she knows yeah. is off a set pattern of behavior. She knows he's being off, even though she doesn't know what the off means. Well, right. he, is, yeah. he is significantly disheveled. Yeah. yeah. It's not that uh, just bad. going back a little bit to the scene where Buffy is actually, like, uh, protecting the blood. Uh, this is... I think this is actually the only time in the series they ever actually address the whole stealing blood from the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Which mm. I always found kind of weird because I felt like, because I mean, they're always talking about pig's blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's they're, The vampires are always drinking pig's blood. Uh, even, like, not, you know, sold vampires are still about the pig's blood. Uh, but I would actually think that if I were a doctor in Sunnydale, or I owned like a blood bank, I would probably be selling the blood that was about to expire to mm, vamps. Good idea. Yeah, blood does not stay good for. Fa- I think it stays. It's good for like two or three weeks out of the body. So actually, you have to have a pretty fast turnover, and oftentimes they have mm. to throw stuff out when they have, and they end up having. Uh, Anyway, but I think that, yeah. Well, and then I think it's funny there that Angel knows that everybody knows about, you know, the deliveries of the blood bag. You don't drink human blood. The whole thing later on in Angel where they've been slipping Connor's blood into his whatever Mm -hmm. makes him Mm -hmm. all cuckoo pants drinking the human blood. That's not so much because it's human blood. That's because it's Connor's blood. Because now he smells like food. Because, yeah. Hmm. But even so, I, I, another thing that bothers me about this whole thing is, you know, as Angel says, everyone knows about this, and it's kind of obvious. Right. Mm-hmm. But this seems to be the first time Giles and Buffy are thinking to do anything about it. Right. And the last time. <laughs> MC, just to answer your question, yeah. I just looked this up on the American Red Cross site. It says that red cells are stored in refrigerators uh, up to 42 days. Platelets are stored in room temperature and agitator for up to five days, and plasma and cryo are frozen and stored in freezers for up to a year. Yeah. So they yeah. never really address what vampires need to ingest for right. Sustenance. Right. Yeah. I think mm. I should. I'll have a talk with my uh, fiance, who is actually a, an assistant manager at a plasma center, about what he feels the the benefits of plasma, which can be stored longer, versus just the full blood product for vampires. Mm. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be like a, I think that's I'm, so I'm sure that's Topic an important that was an important part of his training I'm sure oh and he'll be like I don't know babe <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll laugh at my silliness and move out but yes that would be a, a good sideline oh. for doctors or people who worked in blood banks to get rid of the stuff that's going to go bad anyway mm-hmm. I'll, let, I'll let I'll let the man panion know yeah. that that could be our sideline is taking the plasma and <laughs> it to vampires. Yeah, yeah. Hey, they shoot from *Dust Till Dawn* the series here, so you never know. Mm. And I actually, like, I mean, I know that like people need to have blood for transfusions, but also, I mean, vamp- 
if vampires are going to be drinking blood, they if they're drinking it from bags, it's better than drinking it from people. Right. Truth. <laughs> mm. And I think there, there's actually there's a, a vampire centric episode of Psych, um, which uh, has. Uh, What's her Kirsty Swanson in it? And there's like all sorts of like pop culture vampire stuff. But yeah, there, I think there was selling of blood from the blood bank there too. Like one of the guys was doing it, and it's so they got the joke, and I guess people in Sunnydale didn't. But anyway, I'm just rambling. This is kind of like Tony has gotten this show some amazing stuff in the show so far. Yeah, but yeah. I feel like this is the first episode where he really actually gets to stretch himself. Like he is well, not. Yeah. He's not just yeah. being like the wise mentor who's giving Buffy sage advice. He actually no. Gets it, it, this to do is like things. this is definitely like a, you know Giles gets to do stuff and and, and emote and have, mm. and generally be a, an important guy. So yes, mm. I do have a complaint though. Um, the mark of Igon. Mm. That's supposed to be a twenty-year-old tattoo. <laughs> Yeah, okay. A twenty-year-old tattoo that they did by themselves. Fuck you. Well, well, it it is technically a mystical. Tattoo. I, I I actually was wondering about that, but the same thing happens with Faith's tattoo. So I think it's just like the fact that um, makeup artists, I guess, don't know what tattoos actually look like. And um, Faith and stuff. Know. Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah. Because like I have several tattoos, and uh, from I think. The first one I got was from, like, ten years ago, um, up until, like, three years ago. And none of them are black. Like, I mean, like, all of them are black ink, but they're all just dark gray, because that's what happens to ink. It, right, you know, and it's mm. not like yeah. Giles is getting his mark of Igon touched, touched up. Touched up, yeah. Right. Right. And, I mean, it also uh, comes up later where uh, Ethan removes his with acid. That like, drove me crazy. It's well, like, well, why don't you like? Why didn't you get them removed earlier so that? Yeah. Oh well, yeah. I mean, I could go on about that. That that's part of my. Oh, that's one what of my is, what, what is wrong with what is what is Giles's problem? Sort of in general, why didn't he get rid of the tattoo? Why didn't he? If there is a if there is a ritual to uh, to deal with Igon, as they say while researching it why doesn't he know this ritual why is he's having the dream so why is he not prepared for this mm -hmm. yeah. and, and i mean i can go on about that why are cordelia and xander the only students that are at the tutorial right especially when well, yeah. he was True. like yeah 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 but i will i will say i did look it up and uh sulfuric acid is a method for removing tattoos that has been used okay in, i stand corrected because i was thinking some, that just looks painful, and it. I really I works. I thought my 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 well my thought was sulfuric acid. Why aren't you using hydrochloric acid? That's a much more powerful acid. But I I went and looked it up, and apparently, I mean, not recently, but in olden times, it was an early uh, way of removing tattoos. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And he had to do it pretty fast. So. Yeah. 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 Well, it just um, seemed to me like sort of shorthand TV thing, and I would, I, I personally, because I'm wrong, I thought that the ink would have gone too deep to like, considering the amount of acid he poured on it that quickly, like it still wouldn't have, it would have taken up like the surface layers, but not necessarily all the way down. But I mm -hmm. am wrong. Yeah. No, I, 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 I had the same thought, which is why I looked it up. So. Yeah. So I know we're skipping. I'm going to skip 
to the end only because it's relevant to the tattoo discussion. Right. First of all, when Buffy turns her back, there's no tattoo. There is not a tattoo. And two, I'm sorry. It's going to take more than your allowance to get a tattoo removed. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take more than one appointment. And I'm sorry, wouldn't you think Giles would have offered? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah, what my I, first I thing is like, that. this is not something she did that was her stupid. It wasn't her fault. Like, you would think that Giles, with his money, Giles, like I just said, um, would uh, would offer to get that. Take At the yeah. very least, why don't you just find some shady person to sell all of uh, Ethan's stock to? Right. Because mm. he just abandoned the store. Well, there's not. I don't think there's really much in the way of stock. There, there, there were boxes point. there. There, yeah, but With, it's mostly yeah. what you see is like dummies and stuff. Those I mean, dummies are re- those dummies are worth a lot. Yeah, they, they're they? expensive. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't think Giles and the are really. I don't think they really care. I I don't think they want to deal with. Let the landlord deal with whatever Nathan, uh, Nathan Ethan left. Yeah, but if they needed money to pay for the tattoo removal, right. then yeah. Also, like, to me, it was like, well, why didn't they... This is something, like, you wouldn't you petition the uh, the Watcher's Council uh, yeah. to look? I'm sorry, this happened, and she was, like, in the cause of duty, so you pay for well, it. Well, the Watcher's and, and Also, the tattoo a attacks shit, a but... very specific and dangerous demon. Yeah. Yeah. Who we find yes. out in the comics is not dead. Right, because it jumps into a rat. Yes. Yeah. Fuck the comics. Yeah. There was an unconscious rat lying around? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, fuck the comics. Through. Seriously. Or was it a dead rat? Uh, who knows? Yeah, it must I be. I guess it would be a dead rat, a recently dead rat. I don't know. Whatever. Dead rat. But yeah, dead I'm rat, just like... Dead rat, dead rat, dead rat. Sorry. The, the tattoo, I was like, again, I don't think... I think the council doesn't give a shit about the Slayers at all, except as tools. So I don't see that. I mean, that is true. But I think that Jai, I mean, I was like, really? That's after they've just been through this whole everything. And it is kind of his fault. And it's kind of his fault. You would think he'd be like, "Uh, all right, Buffy, stop wearing tank tops. uh, And then we're going to figure out how to do this removal and I'll pay for it. That that is the other thing. I mean, like Buffy, I mean, it's not like she always wears tank tops sometimes she wears something a little more cover uppy why can't she wear something that you know why is it just a little scarf that would not cover up that fucking tattoo why is she still wearing a tank top why isn't she that is a why aren't you wearing a cute little jacket right see i wasn't actually clear how high up on her back ethan put the tattoo it is i was in my head i was like oh her hair's covering well, her hair is she had her pretty hair short. Um, yeah. Her Not hair is really short in oh, the yeah, season. Her hair and is really short this season. The tattoo, as from what I could see, it's it's almost on the back of her neck, but mm-hmm. it's uh, it's kind of like at, right at the top of her back on her along her spine. Mm. So it's like a lo- It's along her shoulder line. Okay. But yeah, so I'm always just so like... So clearly, yeah. Buffy is a terribly produced show. Why are we watching it? I don't, you know. <laughs> because Giles is hot. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I forgot. I knew there was a reason. There's yeah. a reason. There's you a know, I think we can all... The consensus here is definitely like, why the heck didn't Giles pay for it, that cheap bastard? No, absolutely. <laughs> right. No, that that like, was my yeah, first there's, thought. And there's like, no way a 16-year-old's allowance would... Well, no. No, it's tattoos. like thousands of dollars, so... And yeah. also, it's just like... that. Was she saving up for Louboutins if they were, like, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, that just seems to be something that Giles would clearly take on as his responsibility. 
Yeah. I mean, it is his response. I mean, he is responsible for this. Yeah. So, I mean... Yeah, there's no you know. question in this case that, like, no. Yeah, okay. this, is, this has bugged right. me since 1997. Just I actually so you know. just um, uh, looked up how much tattoo removal costs um, for something that size which it's actually a fairly small tattoo you're probably mm-hmm. talking at about 250 dollars yes no, but what about bad. 1997 before they had all the feet you know it was not as easy to do it fair enough i don't know yeah it, oh, I, yeah I i mean there's a 20 year window of technology with the with the with the tattoo removal you know um yeah. you know yeah. in any case so. even if it was 10 bucks giles still should have paid for it well, yes, I'm not. I'm not arguing with yeah, that. No, but I just, just, I think we're all, like I said, we're in consensus that I'm a stickler for information. So. I know. I yeah. No, you know, this has bothered me since I saw this episode for the first time. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? That's not how it works. And Giles, you should be offering to pay. Um. So bad, Giles. <clears throat> bad Giles. Okay. So uh, wait a minute. Did 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 Andy just say bad Giles? <laughs> you know, Giles is, Giles is a. A flawed human being like all of us. He just happens to be really pretty while he's being flawed. Yeah. She's saying bad Giles in a way that she'd spank him while saying it. Yeah. I was just about to say, yeah. Bad Giles. I think there might be some spanking involved. Here. I'm really glad my mother does not listen to this podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a spanking, a spanking. And then the oral sex. <laughs> that, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we yeah. also talk about okay. Giles and orgies in this episode. Yep. Right. Mm. So, okay. So, yes. So, Buffy sees Giles acting not like Giles. Yes. Yes. And gets really suspicious, which I think is really interesting because she's going off a set of patterns of behavior that she knows is yeah. normal for Giles. But what she's going to find out is she doesn't know Giles. And second of all, I'm sorry, you're not lost weekending if you have a couple of drinks in your apartment by yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. But I get that she she's very... And, you know, children often, all the time, perceive adults and parental figures in one way, and they do fail to see them as whole people. And it's part yeah. of the stages of development, which is exact. actually, if you look at Erickson's stages of development, she's right sort of on track on where she is actually supposed to be in her growth process. And this right. is just sort of that. This show has always been about you know, metaphor. This hell mouth in high school is hell is metaphor. And this is that metaphor for learning that your parent is a person. And they have more than and they have more than one role. Giles is not doing well when Buffy no. sees him. Yeah. I mean because Ooh. I she I believe she looks past him and sees the alcohol and he's yeah. obvi- he's disheveled and he's confused. He doesn't remember what they were supposed to be doing mm-hmm. and he's he just seems not right. So not I mean right, yeah. like I mean she's exaggerating when she says lost week ending, but considering what Giles is usually like, I can see where mm-hmm. she would you know, where the hyperbole comes from. Right, and I really think it does come from her being really they are really in tune with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've said this many episodes. It's like they just they read each other really, really well. Mm-hmm. Like he did mm-hmm. it in the last episode, Lie to Me, uh, reading what she needed, you know, from their conversation, mm-hmm. and here she is reading him back. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Also, I think you know the thing is, I as you know is obvious from watching Buffy at all. Her life is a 
totally upside down mess. And Giles is basically her anchor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to see him like this for her is just like she is. I think she just feels completely cast adrift. Mm-hmm. She she is completely freaked out by this. And although she's obviously right that something is going on, I think there are certain like talking about Lost Weekending and you know she is overreacting in some specific ways to the the the, the uh, to what's happening with Giles. Mm-hmm. Because because she's so like basically her world is just has just blown up. Yeah, but that's what Andy was saying too. That's part of it. When you suddenly yeah. realize that your parents are have feet people. of clay, and yeah, they're people. They feet of clay. They have flaws. Right, right. Then it, it's, it's very jarring, and especially for Buffy because yeah. I think she puts Giles on such a pedestal because he's not mm-hmm. her dad because he's somebody who no. like pushes her, etc. And it's like, oh my god, what's happening? If he comes unwound, what am I going to do? And she's like suddenly cast adrift. So, right. I'm just saying that, you know, with Buffy being Buffy and being the Slayer and everything, like, she does, she basically has no other uh, things to sort of anchor her to reality. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, you know, it's one thing to say, oh, my parents are flawed, but in her case, she also doesn't have anything else. Right, and I think if Joyce had made some not as big of a not mistake as Giles had, or Joyce had revealed something that she kind of did when she, you know, Buffy probably would have been more accepting of that right up front. Like, okay, mom did a thing. Oh, you, you mean know? like uh, when she, when they revealed that uh, she and Giles. She did Giles. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, I'm talking about like, if Joyce revealed that there's this thing, Buffy found out she did. I mean, it's Joyce, so it's not going to be that outrageous, but you know, what? that mom made a mistake. Or she had shoplifted a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. when she, or she smoked a joint, or yeah, yeah, she smoked a joint, or or even she just made a mistake in her regular life. Like they live right. together, they they know each other, but mm-hmm. while mm-hmm. Giles is like a substitute father for her, she doesn't live like live with him like he's a father. And there's there's definitely some role crossover between, yeah. you know. Right. Um, I mean, and I also think his experience of has made him a far better watcher for her. Mm-hmm. I was speculating to myself, um, you know, Giles's experiences with, with orgies, with this, with that. I, you know, I sort of kept thinking about, like, even if he had not been assigned to Buffy, say he'd been assigned to Kendra. Yes. I think right. he would have been apt to, he would have been a little more rigid because Buffy was going to push back against him no matter what. Mm-hmm. But I suspect he would have given Kendra more freedom and more comfort, even just a little bit of comfort instead of just being yeah. without affection. So, you know, so I, I love, I love Giles. Mm-hmm. I just going to end every sentence with, I love Giles. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, he doesn't really do a whole lot in this episode. And, um, but I really like a couple of Xander's lines. <laughs> <laughs> Um, when Jenny says, uh, I, I can't remember the exact line, but it's, we're going to start by doing Buffy. And then Xander said that I fall asleep already. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. Uh, And I also like when Buffy, um, says, are you all right going through Giles's personal stuff? And he says, I feel pretty good about it. Does that make me a sociopath? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, he's yeah. not as much of a, of a dick this week. He's he doesn't really do a whole lot. Yeah. 
Yeah. He just kind of fights with he fights with Cordelia. That's kind of it. And then he protects yeah. her. So yeah, yeah. Um, and it's clearly just because they're so into each other. And... Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. If Willow had not been there, they would have started fucking. Which we we really should talk about Willow a little bit because uh, yes, is... because she does have a big breakthrough. Yeah, this is after Halloween, like. Halloween is the first time we really see Willow take charge, but Mm -hmm. this is just the next step in Willow taking charge because now she's in Halloween. She was kind of taking over for Buffy and leading the group, but in this, she's taking over for Giles and actually doing the research and, you know, leading everybody. And yeah. And it's Mm -hmm. a role that fits her really well. And I think she, she probably should have become a lot. Well, okay. I think Willow does become a watcher eventually, but a different type of watcher because by, you know, the end of season seven, they're going to have to form some sort of Slayer's Council. Or they do. They do. And I think it's really interesting that where we thought in these seasons that Willow was going to go is like to get watcher training. Dawn ends up taking over that role in that seventh season way more than Willow does. Yeah, that's because Willow kind of becomes... I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm I was just I was just about to start bad mouthing Willow. Right so. at this point, I don't. Yeah, there's no Willow bad mouthing that I need to do right now. But um, yeah, I love that she's wearing her bossy boots. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. She's and she says hell. She's hell. Yeah. Um, I also really like the what was it like? We got to work fast, and then she's sipping her tea. Yeah. <laughs> well, and she's having tea just like Giles would. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's, she's being Giles. And then she's the one that has the amazing idea. She's the one that solves this whole yes. problem. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's really inter- That's really great that she could figure that out. I have yeah. to say Angelus Ex Machina. Um, like yeah. He's not in the yeah. episode. He's not in the episode at all until that point. But yeah. it's actually kind of brilliant because it really does work. Like, it's like, oh, that's actually a good idea. Yeah, instead of telegraphing that he's the one or the reason for it, it's like, all of a sudden, oh yeah, we're going to bring him in because he's got this role. Yeah, it's not telegraphed, so it is, I think if you're watching this for the first time, you're really surprised by how they figure this out. It was totally unexpected. Yeah, it's a a clever piece of writing. My only, I I am a little on the fence, though, because I, I'm watching it, and I, I don't think I realized it until I watched it again now is like willow says like yeah well i wasn't absolutely sure it was gonna work and i'm thinking oh so you risk the possibility of igon taking over angelus (laughs) yeah that is true yeah but they don't know how bad he is yet it did work out but that seems slightly reckless to just run in and do it without really giving it much thought yeah, putting it that way, she could have killed Jenny Angel and had Igon get loose, but yeah. also it worked. So, and I thought it was a fairly clever way of. Right, no, no, it is clever, but but in retrospect, I'm sort of like, yeah. and but and also just because Willow will become a little reckless. That's true. Yeah, very true. So I'm I'm sort of. You know, thinking, ah, uh, maybe this is an early indication of her, you know, not not taking time to always think things through. Yeah. Smart yeah. as she is, 
I mean, yeah, I mean, part of it is having to... If if Giles were available, that decision may not have been... She may have been, Giles, I have this really great idea, run him, run it by right. him and see what he thinks. But in the in this moment, she has to be a 16-year-old girl that has to make some kind of decision. In so, that moment, she has Xander and Cordelia. Right. Right. So, True. Like, come it's on. like she has a lot of great minds to, like, ponder yeah. the... No, I mean you can you can certainly explain it, and it and 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 as the the episode goes, it certainly works. But I'm just you know I'm sort of saying, oh, here's this little reckless edge to Willow that we have not really seen before. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it will and as I say, it will become more pronounced. Oh, it'll become way more pronounced. Well, yeah. I'm trying to think of the next time we really see it. Is it becoming? The next time we see her be a little bit reckless. I don't know. As we're watching episodes, I'm sure we'll... Yes. We'll we'll keep a reckless watch. We'll keep a reckless watch. Yeah. Um, The the slow downfall of Willow Danielle Rosenberg. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, Willow's pretty great. And it's... Bossy boots. Yeah. Um... Uh... Giles and Jenny at the end of this episode. Oh, heartbreaking. Thank you, yes. Joss. Yeah. I mean, I know Joss didn't write it, but you know this was like yeah. part of the grand plan. Oh, yeah. yeah. And this keeps up for a couple episodes. This keeps up for actually a really, like, I'm really upset at how long this goes on for. They don't get back together, really. Not really. Um, well, <clears throat> here's the thing. Um, they settle things in, I believe it's Ted, that they kind of work things out between them because mm-hmm. uh, J- Jenny shoots Giles and they end up kissing at the end of that one because yeah. it, it, it's a bookends thing where Buffy doesn't want to walk into rooms anymore. So, right. but, and, that, and then in uh, Innocence, they break up. But they do have some time where they're together, like between Ted and Innocence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's a very start stop relationship. But and yeah. it's really interesting because they make it kind of apparent in in Innocence that they haven't been fucking though. But they make it obvious in Innocence. They they have it in Innocence. There's pride, whatever. That Giles and Jenny haven't been having sex. He thinks he's going to go meet her for the first time with the roses and the thing. Oh, you're thinking about passion. Passion. Sorry, passion. You're right. It's passion. Yeah. 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 That's the one. It's a one word. Yeah. You know, I do have to give uh, Giles a lot of props because though I think if Jenny had not been non-possessed, Jenny would not have felt taken advantage of and she probably would have said, Rupert, you're not taking advantage. This is something I totally want. And I consent to this, but Giles is really all about that consent there. He, he yeah. says, I'm not going to do mm-hmm. this. Um, I don't, you know, it's one of the actual good uh, illustrations of consent in this Buffy burst. Cause they got it really wrong. A lot of the time. Oh my God. Yeah. They got it so yeah, wrong. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Giles is the kind of guy that's like, he's probably great in this act, but he's also probably <laughs> a, a good listener. Gotta say. 
Yeah, and probably very much about, you know, is this what you want, you know, and pleasing his partner as compared to... Just is this what you want? Is this what, you know, do you like this? Except when he was with Ethan and they were just, like, fucking going at it, like, without any... They <laughs> well, were... Yeah. Well, they were yeah. probably also, like, stone out of their minds and, like, just tearing each other's clothes off. And, right, that's, that yeah, kind of forget stuff. about that. Yeah, the, Giles and Ethan, they were getting up to a lot of stuff. Sorry, tangent. Well, since we are talking about, um, uh, you know, faux yeah and ho yeah and all this different kind of stuff, is it just me or is Giles Igon's favorite? I think he is. Giles is everybody's favorite. (laughs) (laughs) I am the most predictable human being, really. I'm sorry. But no, Um, it's just, it's clear to me that Igon is just all about, I want to be inside you. And doesn't really give a shit about the others. Well, based based on the the way that list is going down and who's getting taken out, Igon starts coming after Ethan next, right? Well, sort of, because Philip is on Philip's all. Pos- yeah. Well, Deidre, you know, and then I don't know. Deirdre, then Philip, and then then it's kind of I I, I don't know. It's unclear. That Igon is is taking a, a preferred path. Well, I mean, point. I mean, it might like just that, be because he's like one of the main characters, but it did seem like Igon was much more interested in Giles than he was, and mm-hmm. in, in, I, um, I think that it's possible that that's because you know Igon in, indicates that Giles was back in the day resistant uh, <laughs> to the whole process. So maybe that's like you're the one that got away, mm-hmm. kind of. I also wonder, like they they do say that Ethan and Giles are the ones who discovered Igon, but I'm wondering if mm-hmm. maybe it was more Giles, if maybe he was the first one to bring him in, or even the the thing because you know, I think Giles is a fundamentally good person. Yes. Right. And so he's mm-hmm. he's on this path to becoming a watcher and his life is very much like Buffy's. Actually, it's more like Kendra's where these are the things you do and these are the things, you know, and he rebels, whereas I think Ethan was always sort of that guy. Yeah. Right. It's like going back to our conversation from last week about Ford. Right. Yes. He's probably mm-hmm. an asshole before he was sick. And in this case, Giles was a fundamentally pretty decent dude and Ethan was not. Um, so I think maybe Giles found the Igon information and thought, ooh, ooh, look at this cool piece of back. And Ethan was the one that's like, oh, let's do something with that. You know? Yeah, or one of the other people in the group because. Right. Yeah. I think it, I, I would say it was Ethan, but. Well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Giles specifically says that Ethan and I found Igon, so. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. I get the I mean, feeling can... that Ethan was the kind of guy that like egged like Giles on and also like kind of encouraged him to be a bad boy, like more so than he already was. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Jan. Yeah. Yeah, I I have to I was I while watching this, I was wondering how much of Ethan and Giles as Ripper were inspired by uh John Constantine. <laughs> that's a very oh. good question. Yeah. Um because you kind of put the two together and you're like, yeah, that's, 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 that's Constantine. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Well, they were kind of, um, time-wise, they, they were pretty con- uh, concurrent, weren't they? 
I'm trying to remember when Constantine was introduced. Yes, Hellblazer. Let me go look that up. I'm gonna yeah, I'm well, he was, first, he was originally introduced in Swamp Thing. Um, uh, 1993 was when Hellblazer started. So. Okay. okay, so it would be earlier than that. Okay, yeah. Uh, okay, Swamp Thing was ni- June of 1985. He was the first appeared as a supporting character in the Saga of the Swamp Thing, number 37, mm-hmm. June 85. Right. So yes, definitely. Yeah. So but yes. uh, yeah, I mean, Hellblazer. You said was what ninety three. It was ninety three. Oh yeah, and I mean, we know that Joss and a lot of these writers read. Yeah, books. they're nerds. Oh, yes. uh, they're nerds, and then, they nerds. Uh, and then uh, John Constantine. Some of them even write comic books. John Constantine yeah. shows up all over the place in Neil Gaiman's Sandman, which yeah, I think mm-hmm. it was before before they actually 80 was 89 i think 89 is when it started and and constantine shows up within the first six or seven volumes yeah he's he's, and then then he goes on to yeah if it's dc occult constantine will show up somewhere yeah for sure but i mean Um, he had he hadn't been launched into his own series yet but he Definitely mm-hmm. was around in the oh, DC yeah. occult first, but okay. Oh, yeah. Everybody read those comics because they're really good. Yes, Vertigo, yeah. Vertigo, Vertigo. So, uh, does anyone have anything else to say? Um, Robin Sachs's biceps look amazing when he's pouring the acid on them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that is a sentence that has never been uttered before. No, it hasn't. <laughs> no, he has it really nice to be biceps. Uttered. Like it needed to be in there because he's really cute too, um, mm-hmm. and we miss him. He's lovely. Yes. Yeah. Everybody I know that had met him at conventions said he was really good dude. Mm. Um, okay. oh, just because we were talking about it, uh, Constantine showed up in Salmon number three, which was okay. March of eight, yeah. uh, March of eighty nine. So, mm-hmm. well, there you but go. Sandman actually met Constantine in Hellblazer number 19 first, so, but I don't remember what the date of that was. So, Yeah, it, well, in any case, yeah, Const- was Constantine was a presence. Yep. In, yeah, in, I just, uh, I just, I always want to, I want line. more fan fiction about Giles's, Giles's younger years, and mm-hmm. I want to know mm-hmm. more about you know, I just you know. Well, well volunteered. I, I'm, I'm not. Still, I, I'm, I'm a still terrible sad writer. that we never got Ripper the series. I, oh you yeah. Know, and I, I, I love fan fiction and I love shipping stuff, but I also sort of kind of lament not having a lot of Gen fiction. Where like you I want to read to... fanfic of Ripper where it's not just entirely Ripper. Yeah, I'm not Ethan. saying that I don't want to read about Ethan and Giles. Like I'm, I'm totally down with it, but like. You want to know the history. I want to know the history. I want to, you know, I I don't want to read 2,000 words of porn. I kind of like to know my, you know. Um, But anyway, so someone write me that. That would be amazing. Um, (laughs) You might know somebody that would be willing to do that. While you're just debating coming on our show, (laughs) write that story. write me a fanfic. Oh my God, that would be amazing. (laughs) Thank you. you Please come on my podcast and write me a fanfic, sir. (laughs) I think we're pretty, actually, in this case, we're probably better off aiming at Amber Benson, but. Um, that's, that's true. Uh, Girl yeah. yeah, but Armament. Ar- the Armin? Armin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but Armin. Oh. Yes. But I just, I really love, my final thoughts are, I love the way that this changes and affects Buffy and Giles's relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it really, I think it helps them both grow. Yes. Because she realizes that, one, she realizes you can't always count on Giles. 
most of the time, like 95% of the time you can, but mm-hmm. she learns how to sort of troubleshoot something by herself and sort of recognize, um, you know, behavior and, and pattern, you know, she's just, she's learning. She's 16. That's what she's soaking mm-hmm. it all in. And then, you know, it makes Giles realize that he can be a person. You know, it just solidifies that bond so much. And I just... Yeah, and I think the other thing for me, my take on it in a good way, is that Buffy sees, well, he can screw up too. So that makes him more human and actually more relatable and easier for her to deal with than saying, oh, well, he's perfect. I screw up at any time. I'm not living up to his standards and therefore I'm no good. So this is Mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, they they found something to actually bond over, like screwing up occasionally. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Yeah. And as we talked about last week, you know... We, you know, we discussed how in Lie to Me, Buffy had to come to terms with changes she had to make. And I think that, I think, helped prepare her for this, where she can look at Giles and say, ah. Basically, she, I think these two episodes put together help, like, work well in showing how their relationship changed and had to change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I don't know. I just find Giles so fascinating because he spent, what, you said he was born in around 56, right? 54. 54. And so. I think that's due, that's down to like some UPN notes. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how, how long was he rebelling and away from and what age did he do that? I think according to the Buffy Wikia, it's he was twenty one. Twenty one, so a couple of years yeah. in there where he's doing these things, and then so he's basically pushed down a lot of his mm-hmm. real personality for almost twenty years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because this would have been in the seventies, right? And then we're at the nineties right. now, and right. depending on how long he was, you know, rebelling, he's pushed so much of this down, and so this is. So Giles has some emotional growth to make right along with Buffy. Mm -hmm. He's sort of, you know, he has some emotional scentedness just like Buffy. It's a different kind and in different, you know, generation kind of thing. But I just, I love Giles and Buffy so much. And I just think they have such a wonderful relationship. Mm -hmm. They really do. I had friends back in the day who used to ship um, Giles and Buffy. And I never, I mean, I don't sail that ship. But I could see it. I mean, I can always see, like, the elements and, like, why. Oh, I can totally see it, it, too. It's just, yeah, yeah. I, can, I can see it. And there yeah, were a couple not... of really good Giles and Buffy writers out there. Yep. But it's I would only read it if it was by these, because they were really good quality. I just, it, it's too, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a squick for me. But. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, one of my friends used to write really good stuff and I would always read her fix when she did it. But um, I was also going to say just like a weird thing again, because we were talking about band candy a little bit. Um, there's a line in band candy about how like Giles at 16, but he, at 16, he was like going to like Oxbridge schools. and True. Stuff. Yeah, that's he wasn't a... he wasn't actually Ripper yet. So well, we actually of... don't know like what he was acting like when he was when he was there, like the attitude that's might true. have been there. Oh yeah, that's true. Two, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, but it's more like Buffy and 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 uh, Willow, like sort of being like, oh yeah, Ripper, like demons and stuff. But he, it's that seemed to be like after he dropped out of uni and like went to London. So I don't know. It's just like a little bit of like 
continuity yeah. timing there. Well, I mean, like, for me, it's like, uh, th- that kind of thing usually doesn't come out of absolute nowhere. Like, I mean, he might have dropped out because he was already kind of like that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. And I'm really glad that they did Ripper and Band Candy rather than having, like, I mean, you see Alexis Denisoff be, like, like even Ponzi or Wesley when they right. do their their back to teenage years i'd right, rather not have to see that with tony mm. so oh yeah you couldn't you couldn't do ponzi it, it just makes more sense to and it just you can see tony having so much fun in the episode mm-hmm. you know yeah. so well i mean they do kind of uh what was it never kill a boy on the first date where giles talks about how he didn't want to be a watcher he wanted to be a fighter pilot or a grocer yeah uh Mm. so i actually think like maybe giles was very brilliant uh a a very promising student but he always kind of held a resentment towards the watchers i mean it's the family business and sometimes you hold i know lots of people that are like yeah i it was Not really everyone I, fits into the family, right? And it was really hard for them to tell their parents and the rest of their family, "I, I, I love you and I support you and thank you for all this part time job through my entire life, but I don't want to be a plumber." Right. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes it's the, like going back to the uh, anywhere but here person I was talking about, like with Danny Harrison. Sorry, but like he like did not want to be a musician. He didn't want to be a musician. He was he actually worked at McLaren Cars and like as an aerodynamicist, and he got degrees in physics and design and stuff. And then eventually there was a shift where oh yeah, I really am a musician, and then went back into musician. So I think there that's the other thing with Giles is like yeah he like rebelled, 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 and then oh yeah maybe this is my vocation after all. So, I mean, that happens, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, my, my parents owned a business while I was growing up. And there was not an expectation we'd take over. It was there for us if we wanted it. But my brother ended up taking. But I just didn't want to be a florist. <laughs> was not my profession. But, you know, I could have been if I wanted to. But, again, my parents didn't have the expectation. They all thought I was going to be on Broadway and have six Tonys by now. But I guess that didn't happen. Tony, Tony, Tony. I'll have a Tony head, please. <laughs> that sounds so wrong right now. Um. <laughs> uh, so we should probably be wrapping this up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Okay. So shall I put in my nitpicks? Put your nitpicks. Yes, it's time nitpicks. to pick the nits. Okay. Pick away. Uh, let, me see. let me look at my notes here. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, how does Philip get out of the morgue drawer? Uh. Ah, good question. People can I mean, always I, I get mean, out of morgue drawers on these. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, like, if he had destroyed the door getting out, I could see it. But the door is totally intact. And it's like not like they put handles on the inside of these things, do they? In Sunnydale, the morgue drawers are spring-loaded so that you can, like, push yourself out. <laughs> so you can always, the zombies can always escape when they need to. Well, I mean, there are vampires that are going to be trying to get out all the time. Yeah, but do you think that would be a reason not to make them spring-loaded? <laughs> Well, yeah, I but they don't want as much destruction. They've learned exactly. in the morgue by now that, like, we better spring load because <laughs> we've got it's this fucking than... vampire problem. It's cheaper than having to replace doors every time. Okay, there you go. Okay, and, and my other... And this is this is a deep nitpick. I am surprised to see Giles using a fountain pen. Really? I thought that was yes, very much in character. because he is left-handed. Ah, is there a problem with that not being like Yes. Yeah, okay. if you get yes, involved, you get sm- a lot of smearing. Bad. It's not good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, you can do it. Uh, people who hook 
left-handers who hook have less trouble with it, but a straight left-handed writing tends to be problematic with fountain pens. Is there, are, and there's no like left-handed fountain pen? Unless you're writing no, in Hebrew. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's Yeah, no, there's no, you can't, there's no, I mean, basically, like I said, I mean, if you do, how, you know how some left-handers write like hooked, like yeah. they like turn yeah, the yeah, hand over, that you can you can avoid some of those problems if you write like that. But if you write straight like Giles is doing here, it's it it can be messy. That's, and I would not think Giles would go for messy. That is the best Nick you've ever pit, picked. That was like <laughs> the pickiest you. net. I love it. It's my favorite Nick. <laughs> applause. Um, applause for that. Because um, I would not suck. have... I, yeah, you're the Giles around here, Dave. I'm, I, well, I am a fountain pen geek, so... You're so and That's you're true. adorable, just like Oh, us. thank you. I, okay, I, well, points to Ravenclaw for that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I have... I, I actually, I, I did ask someone once what Harry Potter house I would be in. Ravenclaw. I don't, well, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, no. Basically, Mandy said to me, it's like, oh, you're Ravenclaw, you're a pedant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said, okay, then. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Hufflepuff, but I'm also a social worker. It kind of goes along with the, mm. the whole profession is yeah. Hufflepuff. So I, um, I bounce between Hufflepuff and Gryffindor, depending on who's in my head, because I'm a, I'm a little... Confused. <laughs> I am ridiculously Ravenclaw. Oh yeah, for sure. You're totally. Ravenclaw. Oh yeah. <laughs> Logan's a Slytherin, I think. Yeah. Yes, Logan's a Slytherin. Logan, Logan, like I mean, I don't even need to ask her. I can tell you. Yes, she is a Slytherin. Yeah, she is a Slytherin. So is Leslie. No, so and she has a lot. And Logan and Leslie Nope are very. They have a lot of similar characteristics. Even though Leslie Nope claims that she's a Gryffindor, though we are totally getting off topic. Okay, we are talking about like two different hey, things that are not Buffy. Tweet us or tell us what houses you think all of our Buffy characters would be in in Harry Potter. Let I could know. do that Leave right now. But Leave Buffy's Gryffindor, Sanders, yes. Hufflepuff, <laughs> Willow's Slytherin, and Giles is Ravenclaw. I want our listeners Boom. to comment and tell us what they. <laughs> Yeah, I think and so. Yes. Read your response. I'm just telling you that this is what this is why the uh, the core Scoobies work so well because they're all different houses, so it's unity. There you go. There you go. Um, okay. Yeah, my all final right. thoughts is this was an episode about Giles, and yeah, which I is love all it Giles. needs to be. <laughs> yes, he is yeah, the I, dreamiest, I, dreamiest man ever. Yeah, I think again, it much like last week. Uh, like lie to me it's very much a character episode yeah uh the plot's a little wonky uh but i i think this one actually succeeds a little more than uh than uh lie to me um well i think this one really... has a lot more long-term stakes then well that too but also it just there's more to it it they the character stuff really carries through the whole episode mm-hmm. whereas in lie to me it's a little hit and miss the plot holes here aren't as egregious i mean the, the, yeah, the worst the, the biggest problem for me is just the the deus ex machina or the angelus ex machina as you said ending um yeah because they it's sort of like oh we've ran out of time we can't like do this anymore okay this is what's going to happen um but right. yeah i think it's just like character wise and also i mean me i just 
anytime Ethan shows up, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And also, like, I want more backstory. I want more Ripper. I want to know more of what actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody write us the story. Josh write a Josh write a novel. Um, no, thank you. Or maybe you. don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so sure I guess enough. with that, um, uh, we're gonna end this episode. So uh, next week we'll be reviewing What's My Line Part One. Ooh, yeah, um, my favorites. Yeah. So until then, Gur Arg. Gur Arg. Gur Arg. We'd like to thank everyone who downloaded the podcast, and an extra special thanks to everyone who shared, liked, and subscribed on social media. If you'd like your questions or comments read on the show, you can contact us on our website, returntothehellmouth.com, on YouTube at Return to the Hellmouth, on Tumblr and Facebook at Return to the Hellmouth, on Twitter at HellmouthReturn, or on email at returntothehellmouth at gmail.com. We'll be sure to read your comments on the show. Be sure to rate our show at iTunes and Stitchers. See you on Tuesday for What's My Line, Part 1. Grr. Arg.